Good morning, church. It is Sunday morning, August 30th, and we're excited to be with you this morning. I'm glad you were able to join us. Just have a quick announcement for you about uh, gathering in person. We're going to begin gathering in person next Sunday morning, and we're going to have our regular time at 10 a.m. There will be uh, only Sunday morning worship time, and so we'll go over some of those details a little bit later this week. But uh, you can mark your calendars. We'll be back in the building this coming Sunday, September 6th at 10 a.m. Nursery will be available, and so we're looking forward to gathering together again in person next week. I want to encourage you to keep praying for those that are sick and not feeling well. We have many that are battling some serious things going on, and uh, we want to continue to lift up our uh, other Parsonage family and the McLeans and uh, lift up Leah and the progress that she's making post-surgery, uh, but we still want to keep praying for her recovery and her healing, uh, and just thank you so much for your love and your care and your concern for them during this time. As we get ready to begin our, our message part, our teaching time today, I just want to encourage you today that uh, we live in a crazy world. We live in a place where uh, a lot of things are happening right now that uh, just don't seem very Christ-like, very loving, and yet we as Christians have an opportunity to kind of flip the script, so to speak, and uh, just really be Jesus to those people we come in contact with. So I hope you're taking opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to love those that you come in contact with, and to show them how much God loves them by the way that you are treating them and that you are loving them. I know you are. We're a loving church. You're a loving people. And so I just want to encourage you to keep up the good work. And uh, thank you for what you're doing. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Father God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you with our families, with our friends. God, we, we know that gathering together looks different in these days and age in which we live. But Lord, may we continue the habit of gathering together to worship you. May we look to your word today to find insight to gain knowledge, maybe to be challenged. Whatever your Holy Spirit wants to speak to us, may we be open to hear it today. God, we lift up those who are hurting and those who are sick and, and those who are battling, God. And uh, you know every detail. We can't go into it right here and right now, but God, you know every single family, every single person who's sick, who's struggling right now. And we ask for your healing power to be released in their life and over their bodies. We pray it in the powerful name of Jesus today. Thank you so much for what you're doing, what you're going to continue to do, and may we continue to look for opportunity to be your hands and feet, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, church. Let's, uh, let's look to God's Word this morning together. And I want to invite you to turn to your in your Bibles to the book of John in the New Testament. Uh, one of those first four books there, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're going to be in a very familiar passage today. Uh, and so I wanted to talk to you today about this famous passage of John 3.16. And four important things that we can learn from this uh, passage that we probably all know and memorize. But let me ask you some questions as we get started today. What do you think is the most famous passage of Scripture? We could probably sit here and discuss that, uh, debate that all day long if we wanted to. Maybe some of you, the first one you learned was the first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1-1. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Start at the beginning, right? It makes sense. Maybe some of you think the most famous passage is the last verse of the Bible. Revelation 22:21. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with God's people. Amen. Maybe the end is your most famous passage and you want to finish strong in God's word. Maybe uh, you take the easy way out sometimes and the shortest verse in the Bible is one that's uh, the most famous for you maybe. John 11:35. Maybe you didn't even know where it was, but you knew what it was. Jesus wept. The shortest passage. I looked up the most famous Bible verses. Uh, believe it or not, back in 2014, somebody did a study on the top 10 list of the most famous Bible verses. And as if we can narrow it down to a top 10, I don't know that we can, but this is the list that they came up with. Some of these may sound familiar to you, but see if you can kind of go along with these. Number 10, Proverbs 3.6. Maybe you know Proverbs 3.6. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Number nine, most famous in 2014 by this author, this study, was Matthew 6.34. Another good verse. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isaiah 41.10. This is my life verse. It was number eight on this list says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Number seven kind of goes along with uh, one earlier, Proverbs 3, 5. Number six in Paul's letters, Philippians 4, 7. Number five on this list was Matthew 6, 33. Number four, very famous verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to bless you. Number three was Philippians 4, 6. Number two was Philippians 4, 8. And number one in 2014, let's see if you can guess it. I'll give you a second to just kind of shout it out, maybe put it in the comments. I would guess that most of you won't get it from this passage of scripture, but the number one verse, most famous verse in 2014 was Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. These are all good passages for sure, and I wonder what your favorite verse, or maybe the first verse you memorized growing up was. Would you leave a comment in the comment section or shoot me an email this week and tell me why it's your favorite or the story behind you memorizing it? I would love to hear from you this week on, on how God has used scripture to just ring true in your life over and over. For many of us, even some of us before we were even Christians, we probably memorized another verse that is very familiar. And that's John 3.16. I could make the argument today that John 3.16 is probably the most recognized scripture in all of the Bible. As I mentioned earlier, I'm sure there are people that don't have anything to do with church or with God, but they have heard and even memorized a form of John 3.16. So let's say it together this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This passage, it's so famous. So many different ways to memorize it. So many different translations that people use. 
but we can still learn from this famous verse today. As I was studying this week, I came across four important things that I think we can learn and remember about this famous verse in the Bible. So let's take a closer look at this passage today. The first important thing that I think we can learn from this is we can learn about God's love. The first part of this verse is very clear. For God so loved. The reason God so loved is because it is who he is. It's his very nature. It's his character. You see, 1 John 4, 7 to 10 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Today, we must never forget about God's love. It's who he is. God is love. And here's some key truth that you need to remember today as well. God loves you. He cares so much for you that he gave his son for you and for me. Number one thing today, God so loved. The second most important thing we need to learn today from John 3.16 is this. We can learn about the object of God's love. It starts out, for God so loved. Well, what does he love? God so loved the world. The world. Everything in the world. Every person in this world. This means that God loves you and God loves me. It doesn't matter who you are. God loves you. You can be black or white. You can be rich or poor. You can be young or old. God loves you. It doesn't matter if you're a good person or a bad person. God loves you. It doesn't matter if you've been to prison or not. God loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past or in your life, even even yesterday. God loves you. The Bible is very clear that nothing in this world can separate us from that love. In other words, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, God loves you. You are the object of God's love, and he loves you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. So we cannot forget about God's love. And we must remember the object of his love. The third important thing that we can learn from John 3.16 today is this. We can learn about the sacrifice of God's love. See, the the scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. What is the sacrifice of God's love? The sacrifice of God's love is giving up of his Son for our sins so that we can have a relationship with God once again. You see, the sacrifice is Jesus Christ dying for our sins. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, the sacrifice of God's love came for you and it came for me 
before we had even made a choice to follow God or not. That's an incredible sacrifice. It's one that I don't know that we can fully get our heads around today. When I think about this sacrifice and try to put it in terms of my own life, how can I compare this sacrifice? I don't know that I can. Would I give up something so dear to me for someone that I don't even know yet? Or I don't even know if I'll get any kind of response in return. I don't know. What about you today? Would you give up something priceless of yours for someone you've never met and you don't know how they're going to respond to that gift? I don't know that we would in this day and age, but God did. And he made this sacrifice for each and every one of us. Why? Why would he do that? Because he loves us. We can learn today about God's love. We can learn that we're the object of his love. We can even learn about his sacrifice, the sacrifice of his love, Jesus Christ. And finally, the fourth important thing I think we need to learn today from this passage is this. We can learn who is the recipient of God's love. You see, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Here it is, that whoever believes in him Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So what is this gift of God's love? This gift is eternal life and a relationship with God. You see, the Bible is very clear that we cannot have a relationship with God without a sacrifice being made. Why? Because we have sinned. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But because of that sin, we're separated from the relationship with God. But that sacrifice of Jesus Christ coming and dying for your sins and for mine gives us an opportunity to have a relationship with God once again, to enjoy the the incredible blessing of his love. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Who is the recipient of God's love gift? It's whoever believes. Whoever believes. So who does that include today? That includes you and me. That includes the black person. That includes the white person. That includes the yellow or the red person. (laughs) That includes every race, nationality, color. That includes the rich person and the poor person. That includes every economical background, every social class, every person. That includes the straight person and the gay person. That includes the liar and the honest person. This includes the cheater and the thief and the murderer, the backbiter, the gossiper. Mm. This includes anyone who confesses their sins and believes that Jesus Christ died for those sins. Each one that believes can receive this wonderful gift from John 3.16. So let's recap this morning. What four important things can we learn from John 3.16? What I believe is one of the most famous passages of Scripture in all of the Bible. We can learn about God's love. For God so loved, it's who He is. We can learn about the object of God's love. Who is it? The entire world. Everyone 
in it. And we can learn about the sacrifice of God's love. That sacrifice that was so incredibly um, meaningful for each and every one of us. The sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And then we can learn about who is the recipient of God's love today. You and I can be the recipient of God's love. I hope you are. Because the Bible tells us in this passage, whoever believes in him. But just knowing these things from John 3.16 will not save us. You see, it's not enough just to know it in our heads. We must believe it and obey what John 3.16 says. So what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, to be saved, we must believe and receive this awesome gift from God. To receive that gift, we must confess our sins, our wrongdoings, and receive his gift of forgiveness. When we do that, we receive this incredible gift, and we begin a life that can be transformed into becoming more and more like Jesus as we walk close with him every single day. So one of the most important questions we can ask of anybody when it comes to this passage of Scripture, do you want to receive this gift today? Do you believe that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you? If so, you can receive this gift. The Bible tells us that we must confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord to be saved. To make Jesus Lord means that he becomes in charge of our life. We tell him we're sorry for living a selfish life that doesn't care about him or doesn't care about others. We repent. That's repentance. It's confession. It's saying, I'm sorry for what I've done. And we ask God to take that repentance, that confession, and forgive us of our wrongdoings. So today, I want to give you an opportunity to receive that gift. And we're going we're gonna to pray in just a moment. All of us are going to pray together. And then we're going to pray. If you want to accept this gift and receive this gift and believe and trust God for a new life beginning today, you can do that today. So let's all pray together. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we come to you today and we thank you for the truth of your word. That scripture is so true, it's so real, and it still applies to us today. Thank you for that today. If you're desiring to make a commitment to confess your sins and allow God's forgiveness to change your life, would you continue praying this prayer with me today? God, I know that I'm a sinner. I have done wrong, but I want to change. God, will you forgive me of my sins and come into my life? Help me to trust you with my life, and to live for you every single day. God, will you begin a new work in my life that will continue to shape me to be more like you. I accept your gift today. Lord, as we continue today, we thank you for those that have prayed that prayer today. Would you begin that work in all of us? Would you continue that transforming work? Receiving this gift, Lord, is only the beginning of a new walk with you. And I pray that you would help us 
to take a new step with you every single day as we experience your love, your grace, and your forgiveness. Father God, we thank you for those that have accepted this gift for the first time today. We rejoice with them, and we ask you, God, to help us help them on this journey of faith. We love you. We give you praise for your love for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer of forgiveness today, we believe you've taken that step into an eternal relationship with God. Your sins are forgiven and you are a brand new person today. And we would love the opportunity to help you grow in your journey with the Lord. If you have any questions or you want to know more about this relationship with God, let us know. Call us at the church office today or this week. Send me an email, shoot me a text, or come by and worship with us in person next Sunday at 10 a.m. I want you to know today, God loves you. And we would love the opportunity to walk together on this journey with you. Thank you for joining us today. May God continue to bless you. Stay safe. Stay well. We'll see you again soon. God bless you.